0: Virtual Assistant Podcast, episode number one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the Virtual Assistant Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this podcast is devoted to answering all of your questions related to having a virtual assistant. My desire with this podcast is that it will help you become more productive and more profitable in your business through learning how to delegate more effectively. Well, folks, I recognize and realize right away that there are many of you out there who do not know me and do not know my voice. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and I'm not going to completely bore you with all the details because I know that the first few hundred subscribers to this podcast, you already know who I am and don't need to hear the story all over again. But if you are brand new to gspn.tv, the Generally Speaking Production Network, and myself and my consulting business, PodcastAnswerMan.com, I want to encourage you to head over to the about page at PodcastAnswerMan.com, and you can read a little bit about me. I'll just briefly tell you that I am a full-time podcast producer, also a podcasting consultant slash coach, and I've been doing this for several years. It all started out as a hobby for me. I have a history of always working for other people, you know, drawing a paycheck week after week. Two years ago, I decided to turn what I love into what I do for a living. And I recognized to do that, I needed to leave behind the traditional work model of working nine to five or actually sometimes nine to nine uh, for somebody else and starting my own business. Now, I am somebody who did not have a lot of business training, actually no formal business training whatsoever, uh, just the school of hard knocks and and definitely have been involved in insurance sales and, and customer relationship management, certainly have taken care of that end of business for quite some time. But this whole idea of organizing a business, whether it comes down to the accounting work or... You know all the legal stuff and and researching all the things that I'm supposed to be doing as a business owner. Uh, these things are all new to me. Well, two years ago, I did leave my career in insurance behind to pursue my passion, and along with that came a lot of new responsibility. It's something that I was excited to do. Uh, my wife was totally on board, and what we realized is that it was going to take a lot of hard work to start my own business. Well, what I did not recognize right away is that by hard work, that meant working sometimes 12, 14, sometimes even 16 hours a day. And within the first couple months of my business, actually first couple weeks of my business, I was working seven days a week those kind of hours. After a couple weeks into it, I finally decided that I needed to take at least one day off and I gave myself Sundays to do no work on whatsoever and have been pretty effective at, at maintaining that. Of course, taking Sundays off means that when I come into the studio on Monday morning, there are like a million emails. Okay, maybe not a million, but there's probably at least 50, 70, sometimes 120 emails waiting for me to process on Monday morning. Now for me m- emails mean a couple different things. Number 1, it's not spam. I use uh, a lot of technology to avoid all of that. However, what it means for me is every email usually e- is it's either dollar signs Or it's the advancement of a relationship with somebody that's a member of our gspn.tv community. And so these emails are extremely critical and they're all about what I do for a living. It's about building a community around content that is entertaining, educational, encouraging, and inspirational. I I very much see what I do as a service to others as well as consulting work, uh, both doing consulting work and equipment sales it all keeps me busy and there's always so much work to be done. And for the first few months of my business, I mean, it was just absolutely crazy and insane the number of hours that I had to to put in just to just to make ends meet. And I'll tell you what, if even beyond, if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash about, you're going to see the, obviously the quick to do uh, on the about page. But I really want to encourage you to check out two podcast episodes that will even give you a better story. GSPN.tv slash passion is a link to an episode called um, uh, Pursue Your Passion and the Money Will Follow. In this episode, was basically my two-year breakdown of you know just how amazing life is when you're actually doing what you love for a living. You know, you hear me talk about you know waking up in the morning at 5 a.m. and can't wait to get out of bed. And of course, sometimes I I, I phrase it in man. Sometimes I have to stop working, and I do mean that. I have to stop. And and, and of course, I do consider what I do now work, but uh, that's because I I re trained myself and understanding what work is, but I actually love what I do. And for me, work is an addiction. I, it really is. I, You know, you hear about workaholism. It really is something that I struggle with. I'm a little bit of a control freak. I'm all detail oriented. I'm a perfectionist. All of these things mean that there's a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety to do a lot of things all by myself. I want to tell you, I I have this amazing community of people, people who really believed in me that I could find a way to make my passion for podcasting pay all the bills and then some. They convinced me of this. They convinced my wife. My wife convinced me. And here I am. I'm doing it today. Uh, And that's what gspn.tv forward slash passion. That podcast is going to tell you all about that. Now, it wasn't all sunshine and roses. I will tell you the very first year of me doing business, I've already told you about the insane number of hours that I was working, but it, financially it was a very difficult year. I, I was a very successful insurance agent making, um, well, I made a minimum of $87,000 a year plus a lot of benefits on top of that. But the thing is, is I, I was very successful there and I started this business with absolutely no idea how I was going to make money. I just knew that I needed to leave the other stuff behind because I knew this was a, this is my calling. This is my passion. This is my purpose. This is what I need to be doing. And so I did it. Well, gspn.tv forward slash passion two is a link to another podcast episode that I recorded with my wife. And it's where my wife and I give you the true breakdown, the true rundown of exactly what it cost us uh, emotionally and financially for us to launch this business. Now, we both look back at that time. Now, here we are three, you know, almost three years into this business. Uh, we're looking back now. And it's like, wow, that was a that was it was a big price to pay at the time. But looking back, it wasn't it was it was a small price to pay for where we are today. So there's a the little bit of history behind me. But just know this. I am the type of person who has a ton of work to do all the time. A lot of obligations, a lot of commitments, People often say, Cliff, man, how do you keep up with this? And it was the insane amount of hours that I put into this that really built my business to where it is today. And the problem is that I found out a couple months ago is that, well, let me just say this, things turned like financially and, and success wise, things in my business in October of last year went crazy wild. I mean, I'm telling you, we hit some kind of critical mass and just out of nowhere, my business flourished. There was one week where I took on, I think I took on somewhere between 10 to 14 brand new consulting clients in a one week period of time. Not only that, but at the same time, that was a time when I had just increased my rates by more than 50% to $150 per hour. I, was, I actually had increased my rates so that I could actually free up my schedule so that I could work more on digital product creation so that I would actually be able to have more passive income and not have to do the same things over and over and over again when it would make sense for people to just be able to buy a product that they could watch over and over again on their own and have that as a resource. So that's what I thought all was going to happen. I raised my rates and did my schedule free up? No. My Instead, my schedule booked up and I've been actually booked up about a week and a half to sometimes three weeks in advance ever since then. So I put a message out there on Twitter and finally said, you know what? I've read the four hour work week and I've heard about these VAs. I'm a l- very skeptical about a virtual assistant. You know, I've read about how you can outsource your life to the Philippines or outsource your life to your man in India you know, outsource your, uh, your, your life to people in China. I mean, and, and of course, you know, I've, I've heard the news and how, you know, all the companies and corporations are outsourcing and how that's bad for the economy. But then I, you know, I hear things like, you know, well, in this economy, it, 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 businesses are struggling and this is actually helping businesses stay afloat. And then I recognize that, okay, you know what, I'm thinking about this Seriously, I need to hire somebody, but I can't afford to hire somebody and pay health insurance. Not to mention the fact I don't even want to worry about learning what it takes to get my CPA to track all of that stuff. I mean, it's already, you know, I've already decided, you know, I'm only paying myself once a month because I don't want to bother with paying my paycheck or having a paycheck more than once a month. If I could pay myself once every three months, I think I'll eventually get to that place, you know, just before quarterly taxes are due. Boom. One check, it's done. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, there's just so much work that, you know, I finally decided I know I'm a control freak. I know that I have to have everything done exactly my way. And I feel like I'm the only person who could possibly do the things that I do. Uh, but I recognize this, I wanted my business to grow and not grow to where I'm going to have employees and all this other stuff. Not, not in that way. What I recognize is I wanted to actually get to the place where I'm starting to put some money away for retirement. I'm starting to put, you know, money away for the kids college fund. By the way, I'm a husband. I have three young children, ages 10, eight, and four, almost five now. But uh, so I've got three kids, I've got a wife, I've got all this stuff, but I'm working way too much. You know, I I have a podcast that I produce called Pursuing a Balanced Life, which you can find at pursuingabalancelife.com. And I recognize that life is, there's so much more to life than working all the time, so much more to life than trying to earn money to make ends meet. And so what I recognize is that for me to be able to grow my business, meaning that it's more profitable, at least profitable enough to make all ends meet and also be able to comfortably spend some time with my family. And, you know, hey, if the car breaks down and needs a new transmission, that hey, there's money there for that. Uh, my wife and I got on the Dave Ramsey plan a couple years ago and, and paid down all of our debt minus our mortgage, which basically is what allowed us to start our business. So we're all about not having any debt. So I want to be able to continue to move forward with a, a decent emergency fund. And it's not necessarily that we're looking to go build a vacation home next year, but, you know, we are. We're, we're, we're at the point now where I feel like I've put my dues in and I want to start seeing a little bit better returns for the work and the effort that I put into my business uh, financially. The emotional rewards for what I do are just out of this world. But financially, I would like to be able to have a little bit more freedom. And I have experienced a good deal of that since January of this year. And let me tell you why. It's because I hired a virtual assistant. Now, I first heard about virtual assistants a couple, maybe about two or three years ago. Heard a friend of mine, Jason Van Orden, talk about it. He's an internet marketer, does all this internet business stuff. And he was talking about this VA that he has that does all this work for him. And I'm like, what's a VA? And you might be asking yourself, what is a VA? A virtual assistant is what they're called. Let me just say this, a virtual assistant in my mind, if you can imagine it's just somebody who's virtually an employee of your business., uh, they don't work at your office, in your place of business, uh, which for me is in my studio, which is built into my home. It used to be a family room downstairs and we split it in half, put a wall and a door up. and now this is my this is my place of employment here in my home. And I don't necessarily want to bring an employee into my house. So, um, you know, but I, but I'm needing some help here. What do I do? I decided I I need help. I do. I I finally recognize I need help. If nothing else, I've got to find some just routine day by day tasks that, you know, I'm spending a lot of time working hours on this when this could be done by anybody. And I will tell you, there was a, there was a temptation to offload some of that work to my wife. In fact, I, had uh, asked my wife to come in and help me with the accounting once a week. And and she did that. But I'll tell you what, it was always a hassle. Not not because of my wife, but it was, I mean, my wife would have done it all. But it was a hassle with my wife trying to deal with me because I'm I'm a perfectionist and I'm a control freak. It just was not the highlight of our week. Let's just put it that way. So I recognized that there are just so many things. And, and, and of course, there were so many other things that I could probably get my wife to do you know, but she's got other things she's doing. She's volunteering at the school. She's helping the kids with homework. She's doing all kinds of other things. I mean, I don't want to ask my wife to come down here and start doing all these other administrative tasks so that I can focus on more important things that generate income. The problem, though, for me, is that I I felt like in my business, I had hit a ceiling on my income earning potential, at least the way that I was operating things. And obviously, adding new hours to my day is not an option. I needed to find a way to become more efficient and more, uh, well, just to, to do things differently so that I could actually focus more time working, I guess I should say, on my business and not just in my business. And it was the book, The 4-Hour Workweek by Timothy Ferris that really helped me understand a broader uh, perspective of this whole virtual assistant thing. And it really got me excited about the idea, but I just, I just felt like there's no way in my life right now, there's just no way I'm too busy. I'm too, I'm too unorganized from an outside perspective on how I do things that it, it just, I just don't see how somebody else could come in and help me. Well, you know, I, I read that book, got all excited about it, but I said, you know, maybe down the road, maybe down the road. Push came to shove and finally it, it just dawned on me. It's like I got to do something. I threw out a message out on Twitter, said to people, hey, I'm, I think I'm finally at the point in my business where I'm just going to have to look into seriously this concept of hiring a virtual assistant. Well, my friends, that began a new journey for me. In January 2010, I hired my very first virtual assistant. And her name is Andrea and she is amazing and my wife loves her and my family loves her because I have a completely different approach to my business these days. I have a completely different approach to my life these days. I have a lot more free time to spend with my wife and my kids. And not only that, but I have a lot more free time through my week to actually focus on strategies for developing new ways of generating income in my business. Totally, radically transformed my life. So much so that I am completely, completely, 100% a spokesperson for why every single small to medium-sized business owner needs to have a virtual assistant. And that's why I launched this podcast. Well, I'll tell you what, I've got some folks out there who listen to my various other shows and I've asked them to submit some questions to me to kind of get the ball rolling here. Uh, The format of the future of this show, there's going to be a couple different things that I'm going to be doing, but the primary format of what I want to do with this show is I want to ask you to submit your questions about hiring a virtual assistant. Also... From time to time, I'm going to bring in and interview people in the industry of virtual assistants. First and foremost, before I get to the first questions that I have here, I want to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by Contemporary VA at ContemporaryVA.com. You can also get a link to them at VirtualAssistantPodcast.com. They're in the sidebar there. And this happens to be the firm that I used to find my virtual assistant. Or I actually, I should say my virtual assistant found me. That story is going to be coming up here shortly. But I'll tell you what. I do want to let you know this this is sponsored by them. The good news here, though, is that while Contemporary VA is a firm all based with um, virtual assistants here in the United States, all domestic, uh, the good news is that it is not going to taint my coverage of the industry. In fact, right off the bat, their only desire as a sponsor of this podcast is that there be... be ...told a story of the broad perspective of what virtual assistants are as an industry. And so while Contemporary VA is sponsoring this podcast, they have no problem with the fact that in my next episode... ...I'm going to be highlighting and interviewing a service out there that hire that actually sets you up with a virtual assistant from only the Philippines... And and I've got some great questions to ask about them, especially given the fact that, you know, my my original qualms about hiring a virtual assistant is because I thought it was just hiring people overseas and that it was just incredibly unfair to expect them to do so much of my work and then not pay them very much. And I think that you'll be interested in in that content coming up in the next episode. But anyway, I am going to go ahead and start things off with some questions. And I just want to let you know, you can submit your questions 24 hours a day seven days a week at 859-795-4067. But let's go ahead and turn over to our first question. This comes from my friend, Justin Lucas Savage. Justin, take it away. Hi, Cliff. This is Justin Lucas Savage at coachradio.tv. A question that I have that I'd love for you to, to touch upon is passwords. How do you give passwords and access to newsletters, to sign-ins, to uh in accounts for hosting things wherever somebody would need to sign in to help free up some of your time as a business owner how is it that that you go about doing that do you create just a i mean the passwords that i have right now is pretty much the same for about everything do you change that then and, and just for the things that your va is accessing i love for you to talk a little bit about that and get some insight on that thanks again cliff this is justin lucas savage with coachradio.tv Hey, Justin, that's a great question and one that concerned me when I first started thinking about hiring a virtual assistant. I do want to let you know that my situation is a little bit unique because I have a virtual assistant that I trust more than than I ever thought I could possibly trust. Uh, Somebody that shares my values, I pretty much put her through an interview process and 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 really felt confident in the a virtual assistant that I have hired as my dedicated virtual assistant, meaning that, you know, I, I only work with her for right now. And 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 so I just basically gave her my passwords and and I figure, you know what, I'm asking her to uh, manage my QuickBooks account, logging into my PayPal. I mean, I'm giving her passwords to all of these things. I suppose if anything were to go bad, uh, which I can't imagine happening with my, my virtual assistant that I have, but if anything were to go bad, I just made up my mind that you know in that event, I'm going to have to change all the passwords. Anything I gave my virtual assistant passwords to, I'm going to have to change them. Now, the thing is though, there are multiple ways of hiring a virtual assistant and perhaps having a dedicated virtual assistant like I do, where you, she's basically working for me a set number of hours, a minimum of number of hours every single month. Uh, perhaps maybe you're going to hire a virtual assistant to work on a project for you and maybe they're only going to do something every now and then. Well, I I would say in that circumstance, the best way to handle it is to create a password file and just keep a list of all the passwords that you've handed out to your virtual assistant. And then when that virtual assistant is no longer doing those tasks for you any longer, then I would suggest perhaps going in and changing those those passwords to something else. But if you're using the same password pretty much everywhere, then my suggestion is to go and change the password to something that you're going to give to your Virtual assistant for all the different things that they're going to log into, and and then of course, like I said, it you know at that point then you can change it to anything else. But at least this way, they're not going to be able to log in to all the other stuff if your password's the same pretty much everywhere. They won't be able to log into everything everywhere. Anyway, thank you for that question, and I know that that's a one that's a biggie on a lot of people's minds. I'll tell you what, I have one more question here, and this comes from my friend Keith. This audio feedback is for the VA podcast. My question is, how did you uh, work out the deal with Andrea that you found her and that she worked out for you? I would love to find someone who uh, does all the things I need, but without all the hassle of trying to actually track them down and, and interview them and find out if they have the skills for the things that I need to do. I would much rather just uh, pick one up who already has the skills and don't have to learn it. So how did you go about the process of... Uh, of training Andrea to do your high rise and all the other uh, things that you have as part of your business. Thanks. I look forward to hearing the answer on your podcast. Well, I'll tell you what, Keith, I have the answer to that and I am going to, it's actually going to come up in the interview that I do with my virtual assistant here in just a few minutes. uh, And she's going to actually share with you that I didn't find her. She found me. And the one thing I will tell you that is unique to your question there is, is, um, you know, how do you find somebody that can do all this work? Well, you first of all, I would suggest using a firm I'm not opposed to using an independent virtual assistant, and in fact, I hope that I will attract some attention from folks who are independent, meaning that you don't work for a firm. You are an independent virtual assistant, and if that happens to be you, please contact me at 859-795-4067 or email me feedback at gspn.tv. And I would love to bring you on and, and ask, you know what are the benefits of working with somebody who's independent? Because that's just outside of my uh, per- current experience level. Uh, now, the thing is, though, one of the things that you want to do is when you are looking to hire somebody, you, you go to a place where you tell them, these are the projects that I'm looking to do. Do you know how to do these things? And if they don't, then the question is, do you want to go and look for somebody different? There are tons of virtual assistants out there now you may have something very unique and and something that can be trained on like for example I use high rise and I knew right away when I heard from Andrea and and had this interview process where I talked with her and shared with her about my business and asked her a lot of things about herself and her services um, I knew I wanted to work with her and so I did ask her, you know, do you know how to do basic HTML? Can you upload? Are, are you familiar with WordPress? Uh, those things were the answer to those things were yes. Um, I asked her, I said, have you ever used a program called HiRise? This is how I manage all of my client stuff. And she said, no, I, I've not used that one. But this was something that I felt like, you know what? I can actually train her how to do that. And so Keith what I did is I got on GoToMeeting just like I do with you and, and other clients. Keith happens to be one of my clients. Um, but anyway, I, I get on GoToMeeting and I just have training sessions with my virtual assistant. And I teach her how to do things. And, and one of the things that I make sure to do is I actually create workflows ahead of time. And, and then I sit down and say, okay, here is the workflow. I'm going to send this over to you as a document. And then I'm going to walk you through and show you what this looks like. And the best thing about, uh, contemporary VA is that I love that they actually create a manual after you've, ha- you've had your virtual assistant, uh, dedicated virtual assistant for 30 days, they will then create a manual for you on all of your workflows. And, uh, it's really awesome stuff. But anyway, I'll tell you what, I'm going to wrap this episode up with an interview for my own virtual assistant. I think that the conversation that I had with Andrea earlier today is going to be very insightful, and I hope that you enjoy this. So here's here's a little conversation I had earlier today with my virtual assistant. All right, folks, I have on the line with me right now my very own virtual assistant, Andrea Schumann, and she is absolutely wonderful. In fact, the other day, my wife told me to tell you that she loves you.
1: Oh. <laughs> Well, thank you.
0: <laughs> well, Andrea, uh, I'm going to ask you a couple questions here for folks, and the first question I'm going to ask is, how on earth did you end up becoming a virtual assistant?
1: Well, I became a virtual assistant in an effort to add additional income to our family. I've always been a stay-at-home mom. We have five boys, and it was just important for me to be at home, but I wanted to do something to help bring in a little extra money as well. So, I I tried doing things on my own as an independent VA. Uh, that that didn't work out so well. I, I ended up working for a couple of people that weren't able to meet their financial obligations and so weren't able to pay me. And then I was blessed to find Contemporary Virtual Assistance, which is a virtual assistant firm in, uh, located in New Jersey. And so I signed on with them and began getting clients assigned through CVA. So that's that. That was a journey of about four years to to finally get to CVA, and it's been a wonderful experience.
0: Wonderful. So so let me ask you this: I, I don't want to know exactly how much they pay, but do you do you feel like you get paid well to do what the work that you're doing?
1: Yes, I, I do. In fact, it's uh, it's. Better than really where I live. It's it's a rural area, and I've when I was looking for just some part time work, the the jobs couldn't really even compete with uh, what I was able to get through C V A.
0: This allows you to work on many different projects for many different clients and at the same time it allows you to be home and have the ability to run and pick up the kids from school and drop them off and run errands and stuff like that. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that's, that's correct. I'm able to manage my schedule with CVA uh, when we have the, the virtual assistants that have dedicated clients. They have backup VAs. So if I need to take a day off, want to go do something with my boys, then I just have to give notice and we have the backup virtual assistants take over my tasks while I'm gone. So the tasks are never interrupted and I'm able to enjoy myself knowing that my clients are still being taken care of and I'm able to have a good time too.
0: (laughs) So let me ask you this. How many hours a week are you working on virtual assistant type of work?
1: I work anywhere from 30... 35 hours a week.
0: So it doesn't sound like a part-time job to me.
1: No, it, it started out as part-time work, but my goal was always to to move it up to a full-time type job. So that's one of the nice things about virtual assistant work is you can determine how many hours you want to work. So you can decide how many clients you want to take on or feel like you're comfortable taking on so it's it's totally up to you whether you want to make it a part-time job or if you are looking for a full-time job.
0: What type of businesses do you work with?
1: I work for a wide variety of businesses, and and CVA as a whole have a really interesting range of clients. We have anything from um, we've we've had real estate clients; those in the real estate industry. We've assisted wedding planners, um, life life coaches, um, I mean that, that's just the tip of the ice, iceberg, and then of course, you Cliff, you are our first podcasting <laughs> podcasting client, so it's really been interesting all of the different clients and that's another nice aspect about being a virtual assistant is. You get such a nice mix of people that you work with that everything is always new and exciting and you get to learn new skills and learn about new businesses. So that's one of the things I really enjoy about VA work.
0: If somebody hires a virtual assistant through CVA, how do they figure out how much time is being spent on certain tasks?
1: Well, with CVA, we have a project management system, which we have to log into and we have separate tasks set up for each of our clients, and we have to log our time under that particular task. We actually have a timer that we log into, and it, it does it to the, the minute. So we are supposed to keep detailed notes in our timer area where we have notes that we can write, and the clients can log in and access these notes and see the time logged, and if they have a question at any time, about the time that was spent on a particular task, then they can discuss that with their VA and as well as that, their project manager.
0: So they're able to go in. You bill by the minute. This is something that's very interesting. We've heard that you can hire VAs by the project. There's retainer options with CVA, such as uh, you can have like a monthly retainer. Uh, those are both options. But the the nice thing is, even if you're if even if somebody like myself hires you for let's say a retainer of 20 hours per month, I'm actually still billed by the minute. Let's just say on Tuesday, I give you a project that takes you seven minutes, and that's the right. only thing that you do for me all day long on on <laughs> on Tuesday. That right. Basically, when it comes to the 20 hours that I've already paid for, as far as using up time that's already there, on Tuesday, if you only do something that, that takes seven minutes for you to do, I still have the remaining time of that hour left right. over that can be applied to Wednesday and Thursday or whatever.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: It, yes. It's been a huge blessing for me because there are times when it's like, OK, I, I need to I, I've got Andrea now for 20 hours per month. And one of the things that uh, it was a difficult decision for me to do is to to commit to a, a, a retainer of a certain number of hours, because I didn't think I'd have enough things to give you <laughs> because I'm a control freak. Right. You know this. You can say so. <laughs> So the thing is, though, I've actually come to the point where it's usually a couple of days before the end of the month and I'm running right up to the wire. And uh, in fact, this past month, I made a decision to hold on on to one project until the first of the month because I'm actually right. I've ran out of time. Right. Which, of course, I, I mean, I really don't need to worry about running out of time. I can always just go over and you build by exactly. the month. Exactly. And that's that's not a big issue. But I chose, for whatever reason, I chose to hold off and say, ah, let's do that next week, you know, on the first of the month. Right. So what other kinds of tasks? uh, I mean, obviously, we think of administrative stuff. But what are some of the typical tasks that you
1: handle as a VA? Well, contemporary virtual assistants as a whole, we can handle anything from just the basic the generic, what everybody thinks of as, like, secretarial duties, such as word processing, uh, answering emails, answering the phone. Uh, We also handle social media tasks. We can update Facebook, Twitter, uh, do article posting, article posting, you know, distribution to the net. So just... Pretty much any task you have out there, um, manage one shopping cart for clients, that's a very prominent thing that we have for our clients, as well as AWeber. AWeber is an application which allows clients to distribute like newsletters, easing, do email blasts. Many of our clients utilize that application, so that's something that we're very proficient in.
0: And of course the the nice thing about having your own personal virtual assistant, which of course you're my personal virtual assistant, is that, you know, knowing that I'm going to have you primarily helping me, it it's it's nice because I'm able to train you on particular products and services that I use, such as high rise and, and things of that nature.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's the nice thing about having the dedicated virtual assistant is is that you, you are able to communicate directly with the virtual assistant and work with them one-on-one on helping build your business and getting familiar with all of the tasks associated with your business.
0: How do you organize your day? I mean, you obviously have multiple clients. I'm not committed to, you're not committed to me any one particular hour of the day or hour right. of the week, although I do have it set up to where on certain days of the week at certain hours, I do have you commit to a certain time to help me with certain tasks, such as Monday mornings. You've taken over doing my bookkeeping stuff with with PayPal and reconciling that to my QuickBooks. You do have some work that you do for me that is, it's, it's on the schedule. You know that's going to be right. there and I know that you're going to be there and I know when you're going to do the work. But there are a bunch of other things where I just send you an email in the morning or, or some way mid th- midday through the afternoon. I send you an email and say, hey, can you do this for me? And it's it's seemingly like it, it's not I mean, it's not guaranteed and I understand this, but there are times when I'll get an answer back 30 minutes later. It's like, oh, I've done that for you. And it's re, you know been rescheduled. And I want to give people an example of this. This morning, I sent you an email saying, hey, I've got a dentist appointment for Monday. Uh, they're planning on doing this, although there's something that's happened. For example, I just had a filling that came out right after they put it in. So they're they're not aware of this yet. I want to know that when I come back in, will they be prepared at that time to also fix the filling that they didn't do right the first time? And by the way, it's scheduled for Monday. Can they move me up to Friday? Because honestly, this is not that... You know It's kind of painful when I'm drinking a cold soda or something. And so I sent that email to you this morning, and I don't know, what was it, 35, 45 minutes later, you emailed me back and said, hey, by the way, they've moved your appointment over to Friday, and, <laughs> and they're they're going to be prepared to to take care of the filling for you.
1: Well, what I do is, like you said, I, I look first to see what tasks I have scheduled that are expected to be done at a certain time. And those obviously take priority um, over tasks that don't have any kind of deadline. And then, say, that task that you sent me this morning, I assess that, and that to me seemed like something that was urgent. Obviously, with, with dentist appointments, doctor's appointments, those fill up quickly. So I knew if needed to be in on Friday, if at all possible, I would need to call them first thing in the morning before anything hopefully got filled up for Friday. So if it's, I look to see if it's an urgent task. You know, if my clients send me an email and then it says urgent, then obviously if I'm not doing something that is currently urgent, then I will stop doing that task and do the thing that is most urgent at that time.
0: You have an ability, and I, and I th- I wonder if this is a trait among all V VAs and something that must be a part of of your ability is is to stay single minded, you know, or to to stay focused on just one project at a time. Or does that become a challenge for you from time to time?
1: I'm able to. It, it seems like it's it's pretty easy to when I. That's the nice thing about having our our timer is you, you shut off what you're doing for one client, and then you have to log back in, you know, log in under the, the next client you work on. So that that kind of is like a physical trigger for me. I'm able to just, okay, stop what I was doing with that client, put that aside, and start focusing on what I'm doing for the next client.
0: That That is, that is awesome. And of course, for myself as a solopreneur and, and running my own business, I don't have that... That ability in a way. I, sometimes I think I need to just say, okay, I'm going to start tracking my own time and I'm only going to work on this project. In fact, that may be something that I consider doing uh, just so All that right. uh, so that I can maybe, uh, I, and I'm certain that there are programs out there that'll allow me to do that. They'll allow, allow me to log in and say, okay, what am I doing right now? And it can track how much time. And, and in fact, I'm positive that those services are out there. In fact, well, a- Andrea, I want you to, if you wouldn't mind, look into to some online services that I can log into and that keeps track of all the different things I'm doing and can kind of graph out and show me my week and how productive I was.
1: Okay, sure.
0: See that, folks? That's how that's how you delegate. I love okay. this. Can you tell folks what kind of projects, I mean, I'm brand new to having a virtual assistant, ha- hired you in January of this year, which we'll talk about that in just a second, but can you tell folks what kind of projects that are unique, do you think, that you've done for me personally?
1: Well, assisting you with uh, getting the Lost series uh, finale event set up. That, that was a unique project.
0: <laughs> exactly. I really,
1: I really enjoyed that. That was, that was a lot of fun.
0: Well, let me let me tell folks about that. So so I I run an entire uh, podcasting network and we have a very large community of people who listen to our content and not just listen, but are very active in participating in conversations and building relationships online. And we have these events for the TV show Lost. Um, I do a podcast devoted to it where we've invited people to come and watch the premiere episodes and finale episodes with us time and time again And over the course of the years, we've had, you know, usually about 30, 40, 50 people show up to these events. But every single time we do one, we always have gotten one that, you know, emails time and time again that says, listen, I'm not going to be able to make it to this one. But if you do one for the series finale, I will be there. So, you know, my understanding is that we're going to just have this huge turnout. And I was like, okay, these people are not going to fit in my living room. Uh, so I, I went to Andrea and said, you know, I'm, I need to plan an event and here's what I'm thinking. And now, as of today, we have reserved an entire restaurant uh, in the Hilton Hotel here in the North Kentucky area. Um, and we have uh, a special room rate, uh, discounted rate for our group. A group website for the hotel where people can go in and reserve online. And um, every single aspect of this was organized by Andrea. I had very little to do with anything. The only thing that I had to do um, is she she would email me some updates and give me some options and tell me about the highlights, what she thinks are the advantages and disadvantages of all the different options to choose from. And then she says, you know, this person, I think this is a great idea. You might want to go and have lunch there. Uh, I can schedule that for you. And I went and had lunch. My wife and I went and had lunch. And it's like we fell in love with the restaurant and said, yeah, we'll do this. So you took care of all of that. And here I have this amazing event planned. And it literally took no more than me just going and having lunch at this restaurant. (laughs) That that just gives you guys an idea. Um, the other things that you're doing for me, you handle database management stuff for me, uh, plus membership, right. adding people to mailing lists. What what other kind of tasks do you, can you think of that you've done for me personally?
1: Well, the order, I've done just a few order placement for you for the, the podcast equipment and following up with customers regarding their orders, sending them their Tracking information. Uh, I did research for you on internships.
0: A couple, a couple things there. Going back to the the equipment sales. This equipment sales is something that I, I used to be very big into. Uh, I'm, I'm currently doing some transition on on my approach to that. Uh, but one of the things that I think is amazing is I have this high rise, this content ma- or contact management software that helps me to to manage all these different things that are going on. And I had tons and tons of follow-ups, but no time to actually follow up on possible sales. These are proposals that I've done, but not really had time to follow up and say, hey, are you interested in you know, moving forward with this order? So I put you in charge of that. That was the first thing I think I had you do for me. Right. And right. within the first week, you actually uncovered a proposal that was in there, contacted the person. They went ahead and placed the order immediately after you contacted them, only at, well, actually, I shouldn't say immediately. Before they placed the order, they added a couple more items to the equipment order. Which, by the way, you managed the the new proposal on that and the updated proposal. Right. And the the sale closed, and the profit to my business on the sale, the profit on my on the sale that one sale paid for two months of your service. <laughs>
1: I paid for myself. Yay.
0: Exactly. You paid for yourself for two months. So that, I mean, that should give people an idea of just how uh, vital it is to be able to delegate some of these things that you continually put off over and over again. You've mentioned already one of the benefits, or at least maybe a few of the benefits of working for a firm versus independently. Are there any other benefits of working with a firm as a, as a VA?
1: Well, it's nice because CVA handles all of the invoicing of the clients. They, they get to take care of following up if the client doesn't pay and billing for overage fees. I don't have to deal with that, which <laughs> in my experience was truly a headache. So I, I'm very grateful, that that is not my concern.
0: If somebody were going to hire a virtual assistant, what kind of questions do you wish they would ask their VA before hiring them?
1: Well, I think probably the most important question ask, they need to ask is what kind of experience do you have in various past various skills? You know, If they have a certain skill set that they're looking for, then they need to target that skill set. Say they've got a WordPress blog and they're going to need that updated, then they need to first and foremost ask if the VA is able to work in WordPress, is familiar with updating content, uploading images, that sort of thing, instead of you know never asking that and then hiring the VA and come to find out they have to train the VA on how to use WordPress. So it's very important if you have specific things that you need to have done, that you're looking for specific skills that you ask, come right out of ask. I mean, it, don't just assume. You need to ask and make sure that the VA is able to perform those skills for you.
0: With contemporary VA, you guys are all domestic in the United States. Is that correct? Right. The average cost of projects done by VA, what, what would you say the ac- average price is?
1: Well, our our standard hourly rate is $20 an hour and that's just for prepaid projects where people can buy a block of time and the 5 hour block is the smallest amount of time you can purchase and that's just for say a lot of people purchase that if they have a research task that needs to be done maybe a couple 3 hours worth of research and so that's that's our basic hourly rate and then the rates of course go down as you move up to a a page-a-go plan where it's a minimum of 10 hours in a month that you must use and then go down even further for our retainer packages.
0: All right, one final question. People oftentimes ask me how I found you as my virtual assistant, and I like to give my side of the story of how I didn't find you, instead you found me. And I was wondering if you could give your side of the story.
1: Sure. I found Cliff because I handle sales for contemporary virtual assistants. So one of the ways that I look for new clients is via Twitter. And I do a keyword search with virtual assistants and Cliff had tweeted something to the effect that he was looking for a virtual assistant or he needed a virtual assistant. So, I replied to his tweet and then I actually had gone to his website and got his email address and emailed him additional information about our plans and asked for time to, to talk. So, he replied back and gave me some podcasts, links to a couple of his podcasts for me to go and listen to prior to us speaking so i I listened to the podcast. I took some notes. so I would be able to ask additional questions when speaking with Cliff. And then we talked, and Cliff decided to to sign up with us.
0: absolutely. one of that that was one of the things that impressed me most uh, of out of everything is that you know I had actually put out that I was looking or thinking about possibly hiring a, a virtual assistant. I was just so busy working so many hours a week. Um, that I was finally ready to to seriously look into this. And of course, I'm sitting there thinking everything about the four hour work week type of, you know, $4 an hour guy in India trying to help me out with all my stuff. And I'm like, oh, I just seriously, there's no way I can do this, but I got to get some help. And I got a I must say, I got a couple at replies on Twitter, which of those at replies, you were one of them. But you were the only person, the only virtual assistant out there who not only responded to you know the keyword search virtual assistant, but you actually went through, looked at my profile, came to my website and searched for my email address and wrote me a very non-spam sounding kind of personalized message based upon what you had obviously read on the website. And it really impressed me. And as somebody who is, you know, wanting to have a great social networking strategy myself, I said to, he's like, wow, I'm really impressed. And not only that, the other thing that really impressed me and the reason why I made the decision to hire you was because when you uh, said, you know, I'd like to talk with you, I did submit to you and, and I did not request that you had, or I I did not say, you know, before we talk, please listen to these episodes. I was very casual and saying, you know what, if you're really interested in finding out who I am and how I got started and what I'm doing, here are two episodes of podcasts. And it was two hours worth of content to listen to. You know, I said, if you're interested, you could listen to these and it'll really give you an understanding of who I am and what I'm doing. And during our conversation, I... I wasn't necessarily quizzing you, but I had—I had, I, it was very easy for me to tell from our conversation that you had listened to both of those podcast episodes that I produced and that you really did care about my business based upon Bye. the conversation we had. And that's what really impressed me. And that's why I, I sit there and I was like, you know what? This is somebody that I would hire if I if I were to have to hire an employee, somebody that I would trust to, you know, work in a cash register, somebody I would trust with, you know, locking up at night, somebody I would trust to do. Well, you know, somebody that I would trust a great deal, especially with passwords where the entire, you know, my entire financial life is only one password away. You know, this is somebody I can trust based upon our conversations. And, and so, yeah, I was, I was thoroughly impressed by the way that you approached me. And, and I I said to myself, you know what, if this is the way that she handles approaching me, I feel confident that this is somebody that I would, I would feel comfortable talking with my clients.
1: Well, thanks Cliff. I, it's just, it's been a real blessing working for you. I, I strive with all of my clients. It's, my goal to put the, the best face out there. I, I want, when I'm working with people, your customers, all of my clients' customers, I want them to really recognize your brand as being a trustworthy brand, something that they feel comfortable with, and something that they'll refer to their friends. So it's very important to me to, to build that trust with my clients and, it's a pleasure working with, with people like you who I share the same values with and who consider me a team member instead of just a little go-to assistant, someone that they feel like they can um, get ideas from, that I can share my ideas for your business with you, and I, I really enjoy that.
0: I, I really appreciate it. Andrea, it, it is a blessing to have all your help. And and like I said, m- my, wife, my wife sends her love. And thanks you for taking over our QuickBooks on a weekly basis.
1: Thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. We'll talk to you soon.
1: All righty. Thanks, Cliff.
0: Well, everybody, there you go. That is going to wrap it up for this first episode of the Virtual Assistant Podcast. Hope you enjoyed... A little introduction of who I am, why I'm doing this show, and a little bit about uh, my own personal experience there in finding my own virtual assistant. Anyway, folks, if you want to give us a call for any of the future episodes, you can do so. Just give us a call. 859-795-4067. 859-795-4067. And uh, we'll try to get your questions in an upcoming episode of the Virtual Assistant podcast. You can also leave us comments over at virtualassistantpodcast.com. Until next week, God bless and we'll talk to you soon.